Does being a good girl really get you what you want? Listen as the gals explore this topic and find out what you might be missing. Welcome to Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Two gals on the prowl for enlightenment, sex, and all things holy. Holy Fuck. Each week, beauty alchemist and transformational coach and speaker, Catherine McClelland, and spiritual healer and life coach, Krista Kim, discuss navigating spiritual consciousness in a real human body. Stumbling through dating, relationships, and everyday life, all while maintaining a fucking sense of humor. Good, 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 good girls. Do you know why I'm singing that, Catherine? I do know why you're singing that, because we're having some fun today exploring, does being a good girl really give you what you want? What's your experience, Krista? Um, well, funny you should ask. <laughs> I've, um, you know, I've been going on this little exploration lately on um, good girls and what it means to be a good girl. Uh, what does the empowered woman look like these days? I've been doing a lot of posts online, which is kind of unlike me, but it's been sparking a lot of comments from people. And one of the comments that came up this week that intrigued me was I did a post that said, are you a good girl? And this woman responded, I'm definitely not a good girl, but I pretend to be. And I was, and she had like a smiley face and, you know, she was doing it to be funny. And I almost responded in that moment with something funny back. And then I just took this moment of pause. I'm like, holy shit, like, this is it. This is like part of the conversation And as I was waiting to like, you know, kind of formulate how can I respond so that I don't shame her because I want people to be able to comment freely, right? But I also was like, this is a learning opportunity. But before I could even comment back to her, it's almost like she heard me in her mind. And so she had deleted the comment. But it was like spirit was giving me a piece I needed. You know, this. so I started kind of ruminating on this idea of pretending and why – Why do we feel the need as women to pretend to be something that we're not? Right. So, you know, it's really funny that you mentioned that because what is it that we think we're going to get? Like, there's some, like, conditioning pressure, like, we're the Virgin Mary or something. Like, (laughs) no man on earth wants us to be the Virgin Mary. But why do we think that acting like this little perfect thing, you know, is going to— it's gonna, It's not going to make a difference because we know it's like stuck in our instincts. This is an old, ancient behavior that we do to make sure we get taken care of. But taken care of, is that really what we want in our life? Or do we want to be empowered to do like good, crazy, wild, fun, empowered stuff in our lives? Well, talking about where it comes from, it's like, you know, what I'm hearing in my head is like sugar and spice and everything nice. That's what a good girl is made of. I don't know if you've heard that. Oh, man, that is an oldie but goodie. I probably heard that saying 1,000 times in my childhood. And it's like, that's a way in which ideas get implanted into our heads that we're not even conscious of, but it's like, oh, you know, if I'm really sweet, then I'll be a good girl. If I, you know, keep my mouth shut and don't, you know, speak up too loud, I'll be a good girl. But isn't that... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, like, I was just like, you know, if I do my chores on time, I'll please my mom and I'll be a good girl. 
Right, but what is so? I'm thinking about women and men and pleasing and this kind of stuff, you know. And one of the things I'm thinking about is like, there's sort of this virgin and the whore thing that goes back and <laughs> forth. Like men want the world to see you. This is an idea. I don't know if it's true, but we have this idea, right? Men want to be able to take us to a business party and present us as, you know, this beautiful wife, family, woman, raising a family. But they want us to go home and like jump on them. Like in that bed. song, I want a lady in the streets, but a freak in the bed. Right, <laughs> you know, like something like, they like want that. Both. Right, absolutely. But we're we're making that up because we don't know that's true. But that right. is like it's a thing that we put on each other, and so we women judge each other like crazy. Like you know, if you don't show up looking all that at the dinner party, you know, or if you're a little too hubba hubba. Instead of a little straight laced, like people get very nervous, right? And it's it's this culture that Americans, I swear Americans have it more than others, but like this culture that we're supposed to be asexual when mm. we're doing business, when we're around children, but right? And <laughs> and it's like what but but that doesn't match. Like my Italian friends are never asexual. You know, like my my friend that worked for Ferragamo, she's Italian. She like she was like boobalicious and red stockings and you know Ferragamo high heel. She, she she walked out of the house every day. I was like my mouth hanging open because American puritanical girls right. are like wearing. I'm wearing like a a little J Crew skirt. <laughs> wearing a J Crew skirt and my tent, you know, my kids to walk across New York City, right? And I'm like, who is that? And I just aspired to her. She had like leather on her skirts. She would wear to work. I'm like, what? You and know. see, this is part of it. It's like we see these women who embody this like magnetic personality and they're super like they're super empowered, but we it's like yeah. how did they get to be that way? And so this is part of what um they're not American. Really been, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is what though I've been kind of like studying in a way. And I just finished my um three-day challenge with a group of women, and it was all on like empowered decision making. And it was like spiritual healing for the modern woman who are trying to take action. And so these women that you're looking at in, you know, magnetized to and, um, you know, you're inspired by, it's like they're the type of women who don't give a fuck about what anybody else says. They're not trying to please anybody. And they're just 100% authentically themselves. They don't care if they wear the leather skirt to church or to the business meeting or to the cocktail, you know, hour. It's like they just are who they are at all exactly. times. They're pleasing themselves. They feel good in that outfits it. and they wear it. And they're not trying to pretend to be the good girl or the bad girl. They're just showing up themselves. And that is the type of woman who can really make decisions for herself. And so the reason this is like this whole big topic is because if you can't be yourself or if you don't know who you're, you truly are, truly are, you cannot go out in the world and make healthy decisions for yourself. And then what happens is you're making, you're not getting the life that you're wanting to build for yourself. Right. So it keeps us in this like loop of indecision, stagnation, and like boredom. And unfulfillment, right? Like and boredom, I guess, yeah. is the other side of fulfillment. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's like, if you think about it, like what juices our life? Like we're doing this podcast because we like to feel alive and juicy and fulfilled and connected and 
if we're walking around, you know, in trying to stay skinny in our skinny little jeans, if we're not that type of body type, or we're, mm-hmm. you know, what, whatever it is we're doing that's not really true for us. Like my Italian friend, in no way was a small person. She was, uh, she was, <laughs> I don't know, 5'10", 5'11", and she was just bo- boobalicious and, you know, all this sort of thing. And no man was ever going to turn that woman away, I guarantee mm-hmm. you. And she was just so incredibly powerful in her knowing of her beauty and her strength and her, and her just like, I can't even explain. It's like, and, and like you said, I want to point out too, is not to be a rebel, not to be someone she's not in either way. Like she's not a goody right. goody, but she's also not out there being a rebel. She's just being herself. And the style with which she dresses herself doesn't matter what her body type is. It suits her and she feels lovely and delicious. And believe me, men think so, you know, and, and <laughs> it was just such a shock to my little waspy system to mm-hmm. be with a person like this. And, you know, she just ate what she wanted to eat and she weighed way more pounds than I would ever let myself weigh, but it was beautiful on her. And she was, she still is. And still to this day, like 40 years later, she's still like this gorgeous, voluptuous. And these are the women that we might see on social media where we're like, who does she think she is? Or, oh, she's living the life or or maybe there's some jealousy of like, I wish yeah. I could have some of that. And that Good is point. an indicator of like, you're ready to step up. You're ready to step up into that. I remember seeing this um, other coach online and I was judging a lot of her posts. And finally one day I realized, oh, I'm judging her posts because I actually want to be like that. I want to do what she's doing, but I'm not doing it. Oh, so then I'm in in action. Yeah. So that's why I was judging her. When I made that realization and I did some healing work around myself of like, you know, am I good enough to do it? Who am I to do what she's doing? You know, I had to work through all of that piece. And when I finally worked it out, all of a sudden my career jumped into a whole nother league because I was seeing her as like this positive projection. Maybe it was negative projection in the beginning, <laughs> but it turned into, oh, no longer am I judging her. Now I'm inspired by her, and now I can actually start stepping into that field, which is more successful, more money, more peace, more me sharing my voice with the world. Whereas before, it was like, oh, I'm so jealous of her, and who does she think she is to get to go do that and work with that client or charge that amount of money or speak on that TED yeah. Talk or whatever, you know? Yeah, and and also, Krista, like when I was just hearing you speak, what I'm hearing is that you're sharing yourself with the world. You know, before you were sharing a persona or sharing a piece of you or sharing something you weren't sure about. But now that you've worked through this and you're in a place where, oh, yeah, this is me. Now, this is our third season of Holy Fuck, Mm -hmm. uh, Two Gals Soul School podcast, whichever one we are today to you. But the third season has us in a very different place. And I think one of the fascinating things that we're talking about is it's not the rebellion and it's not the taking care of and the pretzeling and the twisting ourselves into the shape of who we think is around us, but actually blossoming into 
this is who I am. And this is if you want this, I have something to share with you. And now you get to share yourself so much more fully with people. They get to enjoy you like your friends do. Like before, they were enjoying you like a kind of paper (laughs) doll cutout of yourself. And now it's like, this is you coming out with very authentic and vulnerable ways of speaking about what's true. But, you know, thank you for that. I have come a long way, so I should acknowledge myself for that. Because this pattern of people-pleasing I've been thinking about, it's like, I started this as a little girl. like Probably when you were born. Probably when I was born. But it was this, like, you know, I, I was a tomboy growing up. I had a very tough exterior. I'd beat the boys up on the playground and <laughs> boss them around and cuss like a sailor. And, and then when I showed up in front of my teachers, I was the straight-A student, the one who always had her hand up, wanted to be the line leader. No, no, ma'am, I did not do that. I could not possibly have done what Johnny said I did. You know, it was like these two very different good girl, bad girl personas were operating in my life, and I called upon whichever one I needed in the moment. So if I felt unsafe, I would put the tomboy on and kick somebody's ass. And then I would come (laughs) over, and I wanted to please my teachers. I wanted them to like me. And so then I would put the good girl persona on. And so and if, then as obviously when I, as I grow and I get older and older and older, I keep doing that, but in different ways and in different situations until one day I wake up and I'm 40 and I'm like, who the fuck am I? Yeah. And, you know, that, that really started happening when we were in school together where I started realizing, oh, no wonder I feel so chaotic in my mind because I have two different personalities, almost like I'm schizophrenic in a way. Like I have two different personalities and I don't know who's running the show. I don't know which one's the truth of who I am. And so it was this couple of years journey of doing a lot of healing around some of those past beliefs and going like, oh yeah, that part of me is an unhealed part. That's a a shell that I put on in order to protect myself. Okay, I'm going to let that part go. And this girl over here, I I like that part. I like that thing she does. I'm going to keep that bit. And so it was like this ping pong of like, I'll keep that. I'll throw that away. Oh, that looks good. That's really crappy. Until one day I started settling in the middle a little bit more. And this is probably like maybe three years ago where I started to see the settling. Like when we started the podcast, it was, okay, I'm holy and I'm fucking (laughs) crazy. And let's bring them together and meet in the middle. So it was really... I feel like my action step to the world saying, okay, I'm integrating. And then from there, you know, you can even listen to our first episodes the first year. There was, for both of us, a little bit more chaos because we were trying to settle into the middle and we were like, woo! So we were probably a little bit more embodying the bad girl thing, but then swinging over and sprinkling in the spiritual and the good girl and the healing. Yeah, I think we had a lot more drama in the beginning, you know, and I I think— For sure. (laughs) I think, which and it was— Actually, it was kind of fun. One of our latest um, podcasts we did on the difference between fun and drama. But, um, you know, drama is quite, ex- uh, what is it? Exhilarating is the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. So drama is pretty exhilarating. It's pretty much fun to play with. And that's why people do it. But it isn't necessarily give you what you want, right? A lot of times people right. create drama gives you exactly the opposite of what you want. 
So one of the things I wanted to really touch on was this whole thing about telling the truth is about the hardest thing we can do mm-hmm. because it makes everything risky. So it makes well, we a, have to know what our truth is first. Too. Well, we so have to. That's true. Tell? That's true. Okay, you have to know what your truth is. But you know, a lot of us feel it and ignore it, right? When you get that little mm-hmm. niggle, like I'm lying, or I'm not really lying. I'm just not really telling the truth. Withholding. I'm withholding, or you know, like even it, this is just a weird example. Today, my son said to me, I, I was joking with him about being giving to me something for my birthday that he had broken of mine. And he was like, oh, thank God, finally you're going to tell me what you want. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you never tell me what you want. I'm always struggling to figure it out. And I realized that's a way of not telling the truth. Like, I, it doesn't matter. Get me anything. I'll love it. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. actually. No, it kind of matters. It kind of matters. I'd really, if you're going to spend, you know, how much money do you want to spend? And then I'll tell you what the, you know, and that's just right. a tiny example. But the first one was, the question of what did I want? But the second one, was I willing to commit to what I want? Mm. Like, that's tricky, right? Like, but why did you feel like the need to pretend with him that you didn't want anything or need anything? Is it like you don't want to take up space in a way? Like, It's not funny. Um, I guess I, I guess I'm not sure. I didn't want him to think that he had to do something for his mother that would be, uh, you know, like as his mother, I'm all giving. So why would I take something from him? Or I don't know. Which, which is interesting because that's one of the key things that I put on my empowered woman list. It's like a, an empowered woman receives as much as she gives. Absolutely. So this this thing of like, oh, I didn't want to ask him for something, you know, empowered women ask for what they want. They don't, and if they don't get what they want, it's not that they freak out, but at least they ask. You know, it's interesting. It's like not asking for you what you want doesn't give the other person a chance to give you the thing that would have you feel like all of those beautiful feelings of being cared for. And when the person giving the gift knows they're giving you something you want, and then you get it and you respond like, oh, I love this. I'm so grateful you got that for me. It's such a moment that you share. It's really intimate. Well, everybody likes the feeling they get when they give to somebody. So if everybody is in the giver mode, then there's no one to receive which means the givers never get to have the feeling of giving because there's no one to receive. So that's why this concept of like, we have to be able to give as much as we receive or receive as much as we give. And it matters. But here's an implanted idea. It's better, like I heard this a thousand times. I don't know where it came from. It's better to, it's better to give than receive. I heard that over and over as kids were taught that, right? Like if you're in the playground, it's better to give than receive. It's like, we need to change that. Right. It's really <laughs> We're going to throw is. sugar and spa- spice out the door, and we're going to throw <laughs> it's better, better to, to give than receive. receive. And especially for women, right? This is our big, this is our big place. I mean, let, I mean, if you just look at it sexually, right? It's like we have to give our willingness to be open in order to receive from the man that we're with. And so if we don't tell them what it takes to open us, remembering back to a book called Open Her that we have read a long time ago. If we don't give them, the, this is what it takes to open me. 
right? Then they can't have that experience. Then we can't receive. Then they can't give to us. And that it's like an infinity module, you know? It's like give, receive. And no one gets what they want. No one gets what they want. So my question is, you know, why why do we pretend? Like there's some really core beliefs underneath. Like I know I know that like when I was married and thinking of um, divorcing is like I didn't want to disappoint my family. You know, I didn't want to. There was like the fear of losing the respect or or my reputation in the community. Um, you know, and I think another reason we we, we pretend is because. We don't really know who we truly are, so we're just kind of like trying on some personas. Like maybe this will work today. Oh, that didn't work. Maybe this will work, and so we're kind of struggling with that. Which means ultimately, underneath, we we don't really fully accept who we are. Yeah. What about this thought that somebody said to me? Is that um, being loved by everyone is the booby prize? Mm. Like. Isn't that kind of when you're a teenager, you think, I just want everybody to love me. And I just want, you know, and if everybody just gets along with me, I'll be that girl. I'll be the queen of the this or the princess of the that or whatever. And you you start to get older and you realize, like, I don't have any people in my life that really mean something to me (laughs) because I've got all these people in my life who just know me one inch deep. And I haven't shared. It is the, the lonely. <laughs> it is the loneliest feeling to be just known one inch deep. We'll just leave it at that, right? There, there you go. I think we just got the uh, podcast title: <laughs> One Inch Deep. One Inch Deep. Right? Because when you're pretending, you're only giving them the tip. That's right. You know? like, yeah. So we're giving you a tip. <laughs> Receive it. But and underneath all of those things of like you know. Um, just presenting the sides we want people to see or fear of disappointing or, you know, losing respect, all of that stuff. It's like underneath even that, you boil it down to, oh, I'm ashamed that I'm this way or, you know, I feel guilty that blah, 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 that I don't believe the same things that my parents. Like there's judgment of actually who we are. That's why we're like pretending to be something we're not. Yeah, so like here's a great example. How about – well, we have two two sides of this, but what about not wanting to really release into ecstasy when you orgasm because you don't want to look out of control and like you're really <laughs> having a great time and you don't want your partner, like you think your partner would rather have you be somewhat organized about and and like you find <laughs> out on, that- Come on, Catherine, that, show me your orgasm face right yeah, now. Yeah, so right. Let me see it. Let me see it. Oh, <laughs> you know, I just think, I think it's an amazing thing because I think that women sometimes think that they don't want to look like they're fully in the moment. And there's nothing in my experience that a man wants more than to see to the see. effect he's having on a woman in the moment, right? He wants to see the whites of your eyes, ladies. That's it. That's it. You <laughs> so know, and the whole, back in your head. that's right. And so if he doesn't get, if you don't do the giving and receiving of the deep, sense of what you want, right? Of who you are. He's not getting a chance because he's going to let you see that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but see, the me like our ancestors are like, well, my great granny from old England would never let her eyes roll back in her head or be out of control. Well, as a Puritan, I think we're working on yeah, that. <laughs> in, our, in our good girl DNA. Right. So and, 
But the cave women, I think they had some of that, you know, the bad girl in them. So we need to bring the cave woman with the, you know, ancestry and smush it together and right. be empowered. Well, what and what if we're just more real all the time? You know, it's like you're feeling sort of drawn to your partner and your kids are in the room. It's like, so what? Go rub his back and put your arms around him and let, you know, let the kids see that there's a different energy between you than is between them. That doesn't take right. away from that, but it's like, they are like, what's that? You know, and if they grow up with it, it won't seem so strange and so weird and so limiting, you know? And it gives them permission it does. to be that, to be themselves as well. And also it shows them that all of that is normal. Except you know? we're so afraid of it, right? We're afraid of our kids jumping into their sexuality. Well, I'm not afraid anymore well, because you're not afraid. after mine comes busting in the door and catches me. <laughs> red-handed <laughs> you know that was that was actually a moment of freedom sure and I wasn't the thing is is because I am where I am in my healing and I'm so in the place of like I don't people please anymore I'm still kind but I don't people please I'm not pretending to be anything with my son that I'm not it was this moment of he walked in I'm like yep here I am and I just went about it. I didn't feel shame. I didn't feel any guilt of like, oh, I'm a bad mom. Like, right. there was none of that. I found it hilarious. And when I approached him about it, I was like, hey, we good? And he was like, yeah, we're good. And I'm like, great. And I think it was just a lesson to him of like, it's it's fine to be that way. He even like walked in my bedroom yesterday and I you know, was ripping my top off. And he goes, oh, sorry, I'm like, just titties. <laughs> and he was like, yep, just titties. <laughs> and like... But I could have had this moment of like, good girl, where I like hide myself really quickly. And why are you up here? And don't you want to knock him? I don't, you know, I could have like closed up in that moment. But I was yeah. like, no, this is who I am. I'm a woman. I've got breasts and I have sex and I have a lot of fun and I'm a good mom to you. I feed you, take care of you, nurture you. I'm everything. You know, you just said something. Titties. Yes, I'm acknowledging it. <laughs> Titties. No, you did. You just said something that I really wanted to talk about, which is shame. Because when you're saying like, why, why do people do this? Why do people, I think we're ashamed to be ourselves. We've been shamed into thinking that being the same is what we want to do. And then we fit in the mold and then nobody's rocking the boat and all this kind of stuff. But like, how are you going to find? But I, it's deadly. And that's why a lot of us are like the walking wounded. But how are we ever (laughs) going to find the person that's for us, the situation that's for us, the way we like to be, how much sex we like, whatever. How are we going to find like our center and who we are while we walk around pretending to not have needs, to not need, to not want things, yeah. to not desire? You know, it's just like putting a lid on the on the opportunity to be a human. And for us women, it's <sighs> totally putting a lid on all of the enjoyment that you get to have as a woman. Being a woman is like the coolest thing. (laughs) I'm just going to say, we are so lucky. We are so sensual. We are so affected by everything. We get, you know, heartbeats and goosebumps and feelings all over the place. And we can use them. We can grow. We don't. We trap them down. It's like, you know, I think of, I, I do this thing with my clients where they're like, when they're looking for partnership. And I'm like, you know, you can only meet a partner at the exact level you're at. Meaning like whatever vibration you're in is you're going to attract people of the same vibration. So if you have this dream, this idea of this dream guy and he's got all these great qualities, it's like, well, are you being that so that you would actually be in the energy field where he could find you? 
And so it's kind of like, you know, when we're so busy playing the good girl, but then we're secretly fantasizing the Fifty Shades of Grey, it's like our husbands, our partners, our the, whoever we're fucking at the moment, like they can't find us and and give us the Fifty Shades of Grey if we're, you know, in our Puritan frocks pretending like, oh, no, not me. I, you know, I don't use a dildo. No. Like they can't yeah. meet us. And the worst part is we're not meeting ourselves. Right. We, it's not so much that we're hiding from them, and if they could just poke us in the right place, we'd open up. <laughs> it's that we're hiding from ourselves. We don't know what life would be like. And this isn't for this part of my life, but we we don't know what life is like as ourselves until we fully step into who we are. And that means such risky behavior. And by risky, I don't mean risky sexual positions. I mean <laughs> telling the truth. They're all risky. <laughs> yeah, they're all risky. But I mean telling the truth about who you are. Like this, but we have, to, um, we, we have to keep peeling the layers off, peeling the layers so we can actually find who we are so that then we find that we're confident than stepping forward in it. And, right. you know, this is, I've been, I think, a lot on this journey over the last year of like, Oh, I've wanted to speak up in the world. I have things to say, but I wasn't quite clear on what I was speaking to. And so I just then sat stagnant and silent and like, oh, I don't know what to say. And all of a sudden when I got clear on what my mission is, then it's like, boom, you know, you can't shut me up. And what I'm finding is that I'm, for the first time, I'm like really stepping into my life. Yeah. Not my ex's idea of what the life should be, not my mama's life and what she had built for me or my sister or whoever, my kids even. It's like, I don't give a fuck about what anybody else thinks of me for the first time in my life. Yeah. And what I'm noticing is the more I don't give a fuck, the more people can actually see me, the more people are connecting with me because it's giving them permission to not give a fuck either. Well, but you're also being yourself and you have to really understand that that's how we call people into us. You were just Mm -hmm. saying that about like primary relationship, but it's true about all people that are coming to us are coming to us because of who we're being, because they can see us and they feel the authenticity and then Mm -hmm. they can step in because now you're trustworthy. So I just have one little thing that I love to do that pretty much scares the hell out of me on a daily basis, <laughs> but is. really keeps me on this on this razor edge because being honest is a razor's edge. And I mean mm-hmm. deeply honest, not like I stole That's five it. bucks from your purse, <laughs> um, which I, I didn't do, Krista, sorry. But um, anyway, what it is is like when you feel something in a moment that you feel angry or you feel hurt or you feel sad, or you feel scared, that you totally own it as you're feeling and then tell someone. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel, and especially your intimate partner. If you're doing this with your intimate partner, your intimacy skyrockets, as long as there's one little caveat. The caveat is do not blame it on them. It is your feeling. It is your feeling. And this is the hardest lesson that we have to get to when we're learning about ourselves is if I'm angry, guess what word I don't get to say afterwards? Afterwards, Because. Um, because you? Because <laughs> you did something, right? So it's like, I'm this because. There's no because. It's like, I felt scared 
not because you said you were leaving, but when you tell me you think about sleeping with other women, I feel scared. I feel scared. All you're doing is telling them who you are. Which then they can meet you at and say, I'm really sorry you feel scared there. What can we do? What can I say? What can I, whatever. Or, or they can meet you there and say, I am so happy to know that Mm -hmm. because that's meaningful to me that you care that much. How will they know that you care that much if you don't tell them that, you know, something's going on for you? How will they know who you are? Like maybe... Maybe they're just kind of joking around and it doesn't really mean that much to them and they don't know it's hurting you. Right. So by pretending that you're the good girl, that you're, and you try to please them, everything, you're actually robbing them of the opportunity to see you, to see yeah. your authentic self, to interact with you from an authentic place. So then you just have like, you know, I feel like in my marriage, it was like two people who we were both super people pleasers. And so we were like these people pleasers ping ponging in the house together, like, Oh, well, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Okay, whatever you need. And it's like right. neither one of us really speaking up. And then it gets to the end of the marriage and it's like, Jesus, like, who are you? How did I get here? How did I make these decisions for myself? Like, it was just like this, I think it was um, just this moment of utter confusion of like, how did we get here? Right. Yeah. And it started at the very beginning. It starts on the first date. Right. <laughs> the, right. Right. And it's like there's this deadening that happens, right? The life, life is truth. Like truth is life. So what's ever happening inside you is really true, right? So the first time you say it's okay when it's actually not okay with you, you're Mm -hmm. lying to yourself and to them. And so your resentment grows and they don't know what the hell you're talking about. So one day you just freaking lose it because you're like, I can't fucking believe you're doing that again. And they're like, what? You've said it's okay every single time I've done this. So Byron Katie has this thing she says, which is, don't pretend you're more evolved than you are. Don't pretend you're not jealous when you're jealous. Don't pretend you're not angry. That doesn't mean you get to use those feelings against another person. But you can say, whoa, I felt so hurt when that happened Or I saw you talking to Eliza across the room and my heart just like went into my throat. And I basically spent the rest of the evening just like trying to breathe, you know, but I couldn't tell you right then. But this is who I am. And then you work on the healing from that place. Then you and your partner can come into a conversation. Yeah, when you're, because when you're people pleasing or pretending, you are operating in the disempowered woman because you're putting Absolutely. your needs in someone else's, you know, ball court. And so ball every court? time we, I don't know what the <laughs> end of that sentence was supposed to be, <laughs> but when it's like when we pull that power back, it's like, I don't know about you, but it, there was a certain point in my life where it was like, I just was like, none of the decisions I'm making are even for me at this point. Right. So basically I was giving all of my power over to, my kids, my husband, the dogs, even Jesus, even my because mom, it's easier. Family. It's easier because I didn't know myself well enough yet, so I wasn't at the place where I was so clear on who I am that I could stand up and 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 like get out of that on my own. So I was just wallowing in it, and I could not figure out which way to go. 
because I didn't know like who I was and who was making the decision. So this is, you know, what we're talking about in women, like that empowered woman that you were talking about in the beginning, the Italian, you know, a woman who is able to embody that, it's like she knows who she is. And then every decision and experience and relationship she's having is a reflection of her knowing herself. Absolutely. And so then the creations that get created from that are hers. They're totally something that she said, this is who I am. This is what I want. And now I'm going to take action steps and I'm going to go get it. So she's the woman that you see on Instagram. Where you're like, oh, I wish I had her life. I wish I was on that yacht in Saint-Tropez, jumping into the blue water with that beautiful man, you know, or whatever your idea of, you know, for your perfect life is. It's like she's having that life because she made some really bold, probably healing. And she, you know, she did some bold healing and discovered the truth of who she is. So that then she could build that life from that knowing. Yeah. So if you're like, you know, I think of how people make so many decisions a day, thousands, thousands. in a week. Yeah. Okay. But we're not taught how to make decisions. No. We're really not given that compass of how to do it. And so what happens is we make a de- we make a decision from our false self. Then we get a result for the false self, and then we have to make another decision to kind of undo that decision. And then we make another false decision. So it's just like layer upon layer of falseness. So I'm talking about, you know, this mastermind I'm launching that you guys can check out on my Facebook page. Um, It's a mastermind for the modern woman making big, sexy, spiritual decisions for an epic life. And I know that that word epic is like everybody's using as a buzzword. And I'm sticking with it because... I didn't know what an epic life meant at a certain time in my life. I was dreaming so small. I was dreaming with, well, that would be good enough, and that would be good enough. And so I was just getting good enough. Now I'm to the place where I've done enough healing where I'm like, fuck, yeah, I deserve an epic life. I haven't decided quite yet what that ultimate vision is going to be for me, but I know it's, I know it's available to me now. Yeah. It was not available to me 10 years ago because I was operating from lack and self-worth issues. And so good enough was what I was getting. And right. I was suffocating in it because the good enough was everybody else's good enough. Yeah. And I want to move women past that belief that good enough is okay because it's not okay. It makes everybody around you suffer ultimately. <laughs> and so I'm putting together this group to really walk women through their healing journey so that they, you know, all, uh, women are dealing with massive decisions. Am I going to be a mom? Do I want to get married? Is that, you know, something that I'm into? Is this the man for me? Is this the woman for me? Do I want to move, you know, out of the city to the country to raise a family? Or do I want to stay, you know, do I want to go travel the world? Like, women are making big decisions. And it's not, you know, from our mama's point of view back in the 50s, it's like there's lots of opportunity for us. But I don't think we've busted through our 1950s mama's belief system to like encompass all that it could be. Well, what you so I'm gonna yeah keep going. Sorry. So I just I you know I'm really like getting fired up and passionate these days about like helping women understand that their healing work is the first step in clearing out the garbage, just figuring out who's making the decision. 
Are you making the decision? Is your shame making the decision? Is your third grade teacher making the decision? Like we're getting clear on that. Once we bring it back to you being the decision maker, then we can start envisioning like that next step and that next action step to get what you want. Right. And this is like so exciting for me because it's like I feel like I've done it and I finally feel like I'm at the point where I can start speaking to it because I really, I just, I've something has changed in me. Something has just like whew, calmed down and there's like a peace inside of me like, ah, I, I get it. And I like I'm ready to like share it. Yeah, it's really exciting. So you guys don't forget to check out Krista's mastermind. And I think Yay. her Facebook might say something like Krista Kim Coaching. Uh, <laughs> yes, it does. Might be her Facebook. <laughs> you can find and it on I think Instagram. Instagram too. And I believe there's a website called KristaKim.com. Is that right? Yeah, KristaKimCoaching.com. KristaKimCoaching.com. So you yeah. know where to find her. It's Krista Kim Coaching. Really but not But this is hard. only for women who want to like lead like really big lives like they're ready to step out of like laying in bed watching netflix because they don't know what to do it's like if you've been doing that it's like let's stop like let's get you moving yeah well let's look at this differently too krista because i i heard you say like if you want an epic life but an epic life is the life you choose so an epic life can be you living in little tiny ojai california where you have a garden patch and a mm-hmm. bee farm and um, you hang your laundry on your line and you're happy and you have two kids or 16 kids. You know, it can be anything that you want. And there are people out there who I see who have things that I would never want mm-hmm. and never. I'm much close mm-hmm. to the closer to the boat in the Saint Tropez thing than I am <laughs> what I too. just what I just talked about. But that is not the same I'm not the same person as that person. And it's so powerful, Krista, what you're talking about is so powerful. Coming through to who you are. Cause then mm-hmm. you get who you match with. Your friends match you, your lovers match you, your partners match you, all of it. And then that's when life really takes off because you're surrounding yourself with who you are over and over and over, teaching you, you know, these amazing so, lessons. You know what's so interesting in that example I gave is that when I was in my mid-20s and I had um, I was dating my f- first husband, we actually were in Saint-Tropez on yachts, staying on properties of the wealthiest names, probably one of the wealthiest names in America. And I, so I was in that life, Yeah. but my, my belief system about myself was not in that life. And so I can look back on that and go like, wow, God was showing me that as like inspiration, but my mindset, my beliefs, my limiting beliefs about myself was in the good enough category. So if I would have been healed at that point, I could have looked around that room at the men who were buying $10,000 bottles of champagne and owning the yachts and everything. And if I was empowered, I could have been like, I'll take you. And I probably could have got it. But my mindset was, who am I? I'll probably just, you know, be this little school teacher and like live this little life, and which is fine if that's what you want. But right. I didn't want that. I really did at my core think I, you know, I, I wanted that Saint-Tropez life. But I had so many limiting beliefs that it was completely blocked out to me. Now, this is 20 years later, I'm finally like, yeah, I could have that if I want it. 
I don't know if I still want that, but I believe that if I do want it, that it's available to me. Well, I think that's the thing is we don't actually have to choose exactly what the life we want looks like. It's that it is actually coming into clarity that we're, we actually are living what's true for us every single day. So it's like, it can Mm -hmm. look like 20 different things over a lifetime, but it's about not being in a place where you're blaming other people for what's happening to you because you didn't really make the decision that you wanted to make. And oh, woe is me. And I picked the wrong guy because I wasn't willing to stand up for myself. Those are the things that destroy your life. I picked the low, like, I shouldn't say the lower version, but my um, first husband was not in that money. Uh, he didn't have that type of money. He was friends, you know, friends with somebody in that group from a, a completely separate connection. So we were kind of like the, the poor church mice <laughs> at the castle of the, the Richies. And he, at that point, met me at my level, right? right. We were both the same. So I, we both had the taste of it, and it was inspiring, and he gave us the, the, a little bit of hunger to, like, work toward it, but neither one of us had the, like, the self-worth inside to step into that league fully. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it, right? And so if, if you're offering people to turn within, mm-hmm. to find themselves, to really challenge themselves, what is the truth for you right now? I bet you guys are going to have a lot of fun on your mastermind. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to see the decisions that they're going to come um, come to the you know first class with. Like, what is the thing that they're trying to decide on? And the funny thing is, is they don't even have to know what they're trying to decide on because that's nope. a decision in itself, right? Yep, so it's exactly. just going to be this um, amazing like peeling off of the layers so that we can get down to their authentic highest self and so that they can the next step forward, which is, you know, that's how we do it, right? It's just a three-foot toss. What can you do today to move the needle over a little bit? Yeah, and and that's partly why I was saying, you know, just tell the truth whenever you're aware of it Mm. and make sure you're owning it as yours because that is a great first step, but it is terrifying. So we're not going to tell you that that's an easy thing. Maybe a great first step, Krista, is just acknowledge that you know what the truth is. Oh, I'm uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not happy in this situation. Oh, I'm blaming this on everybody else. You know, like whatever is actually happening that you can admit to yourself first sounds like a great place to start because now you're getting current with yourself. And so anyway, all y'all out there, have fun at Krista's <laughs> webinar. Mastermind. Or, uh, mastermind, yeah. sorry, not webinar. Have fun at Krista's Mastermind. Enjoy. They can check out the challenge, though. It is um, saved on my Facebook page. So if you want to go Great. back and see the um, Empowered Decision-Making Challenge that I did, um, they can find that there, and that might give them some inspiration for what we're going to be um, doing in the Mastermind. And if you, know, if you are struggling with making that big decision in your life just reach out to me dm me and we can we can just chat and yep. see if this is something that you feel like will support you absolutely good job krista right. i'm glad you're having fun with that and to our audience you know we love you we appreciate you every single day you come and listen to us we are thrilled and honored beyond measure and you know what we want you to do spread, spread the, the love, love.